This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards. The Sack of Detroit, General Motors and the End of American Enterprise by Kenneth White. It's a provocative, revelatory history of the epic rise and unnecessary fall of the U.S. automotive industry, uncovering the vivid story of innovation, politics, and business that led to a sudden and seismic shift in American priorities that is still felt today. From the acclaimed author of Hoover, Kenneth White. Uh, that book, Hoover, by the way, which was a finalist for the National Book Critics Circle Award, and The Uncrowned King, The Sensational Rise of William Randolph Hearst, a Washington Post, Toronto Globe, and Mail Book of the Year, and a nominee for four major Canadian book awards. He is a publishing and telecommunications executive and chairman of the Donner Canadian Foundation. He was formerly editor-in-chief of McLean's Magazine, editor of the monthly Saturday Night Magazine, and founding editor of the National Post. He makes his home in Toronto, Happy to have Ken White join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Ken, welcome to this program. Happy to be here, Steve. Thanks for having me on. So let's start with this. What was the automotive industry like in America and in Detroit in the 50s and 60s? It's kind of hard to believe now just how big the automotive industry was in America. Uh, you know, one in every six jobs depended one way or another on the automobile. One in five consumer dollars went one way or another to the automobile. It was by far the biggest industry in the United States and in the world. It was seen as the most progressive, most innovative, uh, most powerful industry uh, that had ever existed. And General Motors, which sold half of uh, American cars at the time, was uh, by far the leading corporate entity in America and the most admired and prestigious company uh, in in the world. So that gives you some extent of just how crucial it was. If you put Google, Amazon, Facebook, uh, uh uh, together, uh, that that's more or less what the presence of uh, GM was in American life at the time. And then by the end of the 60s, Detroit's profits had evaporated, and its famed executives had become symbols of greed, arrogance, and incompetence, and no company suffered this reversal more than General Motors. Correct. Um, I, I managed to find a lot of internal documents from uh, uh, General Motors that had been stashed away in an archive, and, and it's really interesting to look at just how quickly the company fell off a cliff. You know, all through the year 1965, uh, they did consumer surveys, customer satisfaction surveys, that sort of thing, and all of them showed that General Motors had this uh, powerful reputation and was seen as uh, the most uh, exciting and uh, strongest company in, in America. Its cars were believed to be the best that were produced in the world. There was a high degree of satisfaction with its automobiles. Um, people who invested uh, wanted nowhere else to invest but General Motors. Uh, there, you know. The, the company was uh, uh, on a real roll, and there was nothing uh, to compare to it. And by the end of 1966, all of that had changed. And uh, uh, what happened in that period was General Motors came under attack 
from Ralph Nader and from uh, a, a collection of senators, Abraham Ribicoff, Bobby Kennedy, and others on the issue of traffic safety. These critics said that 50,000, 40,000, 50,000 people were dying a year on the road and that it was Detroit's fault uh, and, and largely General Motors' fault as the leader in Detroit, that uh, these companies knew how to build a crash-proof car uh, that could withstand a 60-mile-an-hour collision and save everyone's lives. Um, but they weren't building it. Uh, they refused to build it. Uh, they didn't care that 40,000 people were dying a year and that, uh, as a result, Detroit needed to be regulated by Washington. And uh, there was a series of Senate hearings to this effect. Ralph Nader wrote a book called Unsafe at Any Speed that made the same arguments. Uh, the tort industry in America got involved and started suing General Motors for allegedly unsafe vehicles. And uh, within uh, about a 12-month period, uh, General Motors' reputation uh, fell Markedly, its profitability uh, uh, all, all but evaporated in a period of about three years. The um, uh, margin that uh, the company made on every automobile shrunk because it was having to spend uh, more to uh, sell its cars. Its share price dropped dramatically uh, by about 40% and wouldn't recover until about the year 2000. So um, it, there, there was a, a real definite uh, point in time uh, where all this happened, and it happened very quickly. And General Motors uh, uh, was effectively in an accident itself, a bad one. And while it was still on the road in the years after that, the company was never really the same. Its confidence was gone. Its financial stability was gone. And uh, its reputation was, uh, was gone. So it, it was never the same company after that collision with Washington on the issue of safety. My guest is Kenneth White here on Speaking of Writers. His book is The Sack of Detroit, General Motors, and the End of American Enterprise. So where would you rank the automobile in terms of the role it played in the American economy starting in the 50s and then moving into the 60s? And do you think we take the automobile for granted now? Uh, there's there's no question uh, that the automobile was the most important uh, invention uh, technological invention in, in, in American history. The only thing that comes close to it is probably electricity. Um, there, there's never been a product that was adopted so quickly and that Americans literally changed their country to accommodate everything from highways, building highways and roads and uh, rearranging their cities and um, uh, uh, the whole urban suburban uh, trend in, in American life, um, everything revolved around the automobiles uh, for quite a while, and still does in, in American lives in the pattern of its cities uh, and how people get around in a day-to-day -day basis. We're still very much car uh, dependent uh, as a society. But I want to go back, Steve, to. Mm -hmm. 
this safety crisis that um, uh, was uh, launched and and uh, uh, that held the automobile companies responsible for what was happening uh, on the highways, the 40,000, 50,000 deaths a year. Um, at the time, General Motors argued, and other outsiders like the National Safety Council argued, that the real problem wasn't the cars that were being produced in uh, Detroit. The real problem was that people were driving recklessly, and auto safety had to focus on the driver, not on the automobile. By that time, 1955, 1966, cars had padded dashboards and steering wheels that wouldn't impale you and uh, uh, better windshields that um, wouldn't shatter and safety locks on doors and so on. So they were they, they were improved cars by 1966 and, and uh, largely as safe as they would uh, be uh, for, for quite some time. It turned out that what was really killing people uh, on the roads and what really made a difference in, in saving lives was uh, getting drivers to behave different, not getting Detroit to behave different, but getting drivers to behave different, and that meant buckling your seatbelt up and driving sober. Those are the two big things that have been done in the last 50 years to save lives on the road, and Ralph Nader, the senators he was involved with, were all against that. They were so keen on beating up Detroit and blaming automakers for um, traffic fatalities that they actually opposed any effort to uh, impose on people to change their behavior to save lives. Um, so the net result of this safety crusade that did so much damage to Detroit and so much damage to General Motors was also to set back the cause of safety for generations. America went from having the safest roads in the world to having about the 17th or 18th safest roads in the world by the end of the 20th century. Uh, because they were trying to manage everything through the interior of cars rather than by telling people to sober up and buckle up. Kenneth White, my guest. The book is The Sack of Detroit, General Motors, and the End of American Enterprise. Uh, what was your research like for this book, Ken? Um, I started off... Uh, I started off thinking that I was going to write a story about uh, how America um, uh, learned to discipline its uh, automotive companies and uh, save a lot of lives. It actually, in the research, went in a very different direction. Um, uh, I, I spent a lot of time looking at uh, the uh, what, what happened in the U.S. Senate and what evidence was given to the government before it decided to regulate Detroit. And uh, uh, while Nader and company had all of the passion, all the facts and arguments were actually on the side of people like the National Safety Council who said, we got to concentrate on the drivers. And uh, so that was interesting. But the other huge treasure trove of uh, um, documentation that I found was this internal um, uh, stuff from General Motors that showed uh, how the company reacted uh, to uh, what was happening to it and the consequences of the safety crusade in General Motors and how 
the executives uh, felt uh, beat up and how they uh, uh, had gone from feeling like the favored children whenever they went to Washington to being almost enemies of the state in a very short period of time. And uh, that that was really interesting because you almost never get anything from inside General Motors. They're a very quiet, uh, almost secretive company. Uh, and uh, so to, to be able to put together what was happening uh, on the inside at this very critical moment in American economic history was really interesting to me. All right, now the million-dollar question. You probably get asked this often. So where is the U.S. automotive industry going now and in the future? Um, you know, one of the things that uh, struck me when I was writing the book is just, just before uh, uh, Washington cracked down on the auto industry, the auto industry was – looking to uh, expand its international operations enormously. That all ended with uh, the, the safety crisis and, and, uh, uh, and the decline of the corporate uh, profitability in the wake of the safety crisis. And Americans share, America's share of um, uh, the automobile market has just been declining uh, year after year since than as the Japanese and the Germans have come on and the Koreans and now the Chinese are growing enormously. Um, and, you know, America sell about the same number of vehicles every year, most of them in the domestic market, and nothing has really changed. The, the, the American auto industry has been sort of stuck at the same size it was in 1960s. Well, the world around it has grown enormously, and all this competition has developed enormously. And so it's a huge lost opportunity for the American auto industry. It has a chance now. Uh, I think that uh, we're, we're at a critical point in uh, – in, in the world of automotives with the big move to electric. Um, and it's nice to see companies like General Motors and Ford um, investing heavily in electric vehicles and in uh, leadership in, in that area. Uh, the Ford F-150 electric truck that came out uh, a few months ago, I think, was uh, quite justifiably celebrated as a, as a really important innovation. And uh, I know a lot of the things General Motors is doing, looking to have uh, an all-electric lineup by uh, 2035, uh, also shows a lot of vision and leadership. So uh, I, I, my, I'm, I'm an optimistic person. I kind of think that uh, th th there's a chance for these companies, the old line automotive companies, to actually do well in the new world. They have real advantages over newcomers like Tesla in that they have these huge dealer networks and um, uh, a lot of experience at marketing cars to consumers, which are huge advantages in, in uh uh, you know, when, once the technology starts to level out and everybody's doing, you know, electric vehicles uh, along the same lines, uh, have, having those marketing channels is, is really helpful. So I think uh, Detroit and, and those companies still have a future, whether or not America can ever get to a stage where it becomes a world leader in automotive. 
uh, again, is, uh, uh, I think, uh, uh, more of a leap, and I'm not quite as uh, confident about that. But um, it, it's certainly a better story now than it was five years ago when they were all just um, – or, or 10 years ago when they were needing bailouts and, and uh, uh, didn't seem to know which end was up. So uh, uh, cautiously optimistic about the future. He's Kenneth White. The book is The Sack of Detroit, General Motors and the End of American Enterprise. Ken, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Steve. Enjoyed it. And this is Speaking of Writers.